Sit down and buckle up. It's time for the Pirate Monk Podcast. And welcome to this very special episode of the Pirate Monk Podcast. Well, you know, I have kind of some mixed feelings. I don't have my usual sidekick here with me, Aaron Porter, yeah, has had to step aside uh, temporarily. But I've called in uh, some more pirate monks. Man, we got three guys in the room with me here in the virtual room. Chris Inman. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, Nate? Glad to be here. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's joining us from I don't know down in the down in the Gulf Coast, Mobile, somewhere around there. Rob Chenoweth is with us. Hey, Rob, gentlemen, great to be with you. Okay, and and uh, none other than Justin Schwind. Hello, Justin. Hey, Nate, uh, glad to be here from the high desert, man. <laughs> okay, and and Rob, where are you, dude? Raleigh, North Carolina. That's it. Okay. All right. All right. Well, look. Uh, you guys, uh, I gather, have spent a lot of time in meetings together, and sometimes I guess you've interacted in retreats, regional retreats, done workshops. Uh, I'm a little behind the curve here, getting to know you, so I'm kind of in the same boat that the uh, that the listeners are. Most of the listeners don't know you, so I've got an idea for this first segment. All right, um, our good friend Drew Boa of the Husband Material. Uh, podcast <laughs> sent me in the mail arrived last week uh, a, a, a pack of cards. It, it looks like ordinary playing cards, but they are far from ordinary. It's it's called the the man cards from Husband Material. <laughs> uh, the premise is that guys, uh, men, most men don't know how to start a conversation, uh, at least one that goes deep. So the idea is you pull a card and uh, and it gets you started. So let's do that. All right. So here we go. Uh, pick a card, any card. Justin, pick a card. Oh, you want that one? Okay, here it is. <laughs> and the card is, oh, wow. <laughs> how do you prefer to receive non-sexual physical touch? Oh. And how often do you get it? Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, went, it went real personal real fast didn't it yeah did you screen these cards nate you didn't you did like did select did you okay i i did not okay <laughs> okay so, uh, so i'm nate hey nate. nate okay okay uh non-sexual physical well let's let's preface it by saying i prefer sexual physical touch <laughs> but uh <laughs> at least i thought i did at least i thought i did no i've got to tell you I've got to tell you that in recovery, I have uh, learned to really appreciate the snuggle uh, without feeling pressure to swing for the fences mm -hmm. and turn it into some kind of a performance. Mm -hmm. That obligation is gone. And uh, it leads to, um, you know, good conversation mm -hmm. and more emotional closeness. Mm -hmm. it's amazing. I was able yeah. to turn, you know, the physical act into something just physical. Yeah. Uh, that did not result in connection or intimacy. And so, yeah, that non-sexual touch, I prefer my favorite. My favorite is, uh, my favorite is the back row. Mm. Uh, don't get it very often, but that's only because I don't ask for it. Mm. I have a problem asking. Yeah. Um, in fact, it's, it's fairly, only fairly, you know, within the last few years that I've actually been able to accept the attention mm. for very long. 
for for the longest time just frustrated Allie because I could give her a back rub for an hour, you know, and and she had no problem uh, receiving a back rub for an hour. But she'd start mine, and then I'd go, "Well, that's enough. That's enough." It was hard for me to receive. So anyway, that's me. I'm Nate. Thanks, Nate. Hey, thanks, Nate. Hey guys, I'm Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Uh, so um, what you said really just sparked the asking piece. Sparked with me is I- I'm a hugger. I'm I'm definitely 100 a hugger. Uh, I'll get non-sexual touch from anybody that wants to give me a hug. And I'm, mm-hmm. if, and it's a lot of times the way I end a Samsung meeting is just going around and hugging all the guys at the meeting if they're mm-hmm. comfortable with that. And some guys, they're a little new. They're not into that, but definitely enjoy um, connecting with guys in that way. And with my wife, it, it is something I have to ask for. She is not somebody who's going to come up and start initiating hugs often. She's a, she's more of a kisser and she'll give me the good morning and the good night kind of kiss. But sometimes I just need to say, come here and just grab her and just give a, give a good bear hug. Because for me, um, and this go back into this in my own story. Um, when I was a kid, I used to snuggle up in people's laps and, and have them hug me just like I would go up to strangers and do that. And that has a lot to do with how I grew up and my experiences, um, with my mom, especially in childhood, but, but I love that physical touch of just being surrounded, um, held, uh, and, and feeling like I belong. That's really where I'm at. So thanks. I'm Chris. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Chris. Thanks, Chris. Well, Hey, I'm Justin. Hey, Justin. Hey, Justin. You know, um, I, I'm going to piggyback with Chris and say hugs, but I see that as comfort. Um, yeah. And I don't see that as sexual. I don't see that as trying to have something more deeper in what we would quote unquote in the world society call uh, intimacy, um, which it's not doesn't have to be sex. Uh, but but that hug is a comfort. It's it's a knowing that you belong, knowing that you it's an affirmation to me in so many ways. Um, and it, it's a it's a calming effect. It, it is. It's life can be shit. Um Anxiety can be high, uh, whatever it is. But if I get a hug or even I give a, I get a hug or give a hug, I'm trying to let them know that, uh, there is comfort. There is safety. Um, there is a a point of, of finding where whatever is daunting, whatever is overwhelming, it doesn't have to be when that hug is being engaged. Um, usually I have two little ones at the house, um, and, and I like to give my wife a, a long hug, um, just 30, 30 to 60 seconds, just mm-hmm. letting her know that I don't want anything else, but just to show her that I'm present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to know that, let her know that I'm being known. Same thing like Chris said, a big Samson meeting. I remember uh, um, uh, Bob, uh, Paul, uh, one of those Samson guys, a couple uh, uh, retreats ago, uh, he's a big old 6'10", played basketball in college and all the above. Hell, I gave that big sucker a hug. I picked him up on my shoulder and gave him a hug. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I think there's something about that for me, mm-hmm. is letting them know that I'm here, um, that it's it's not overwhelming. I'm not trying to overwhelm them, but I'm here, but I'm safe to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the start of the safety of sharing our story, of mm-hmm. of, of trusting, uh, of being vulnerable. Um, and, and that's the big piece for me that over the years from playing sports to Working with military people, I give them a big old hug. I gave one of the unit commanders a big old hug today um, to seeing my brothers, to seeing my wife. I think all around, 
that exchange of oxytocin and that that comfort mm-hmm. really bring me into that bubble, which is just me and that person. Mm-hmm. So hugs for sure. <clears throat> yeah, thanks, Justin. That's so good. Um, hi guys, I'm Rob. Hey, hey Rob. Rob. Hey Rob. So a uh, little different direction. I, I was flying this week for work, and I had the aisle seat. And a young couple came up and said, hey, we're in there. And I said, all right. I jumped out and they sat down, probably a couple in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And we, we took off. And what I noticed, the, the, the guy was next to me. The girl was on the end by the, the window. And what I noticed is that guy curled up in a ball and put his head on her shoulder. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It, you know what it came to me? It just it, it reminded me of what is probably a very young part of that, that young man mm-hmm. needing some level of deeper comfort um, and almost to be held. I, I imagined that he was looking to her like his mom in that moment. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I so relate to that. Mm. My, my, my younger parts, what I'll call emotionally immature parts throughout my healing journey would, would often look to um my my former spouse as as someone to take care of me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i would i would curl up in a ball and i would when i was emotionally challenged when i didn't know what i was feeling when i all i knew was i needed comfort in those moments and so you know in a way i i uh i've had to kind of grow out of that i've had to heal out of that and you know today non-sexual physical touch really isn't an option for me i you know i get to give it to the kids and Every once in a while, when I see a, a brother of ours from Samson and uh, who, who lives in uh, Southern Tennessee, I mean, he grabs his big old construction hands and he puts them on my shoulder. And I'm, t- I'm telling you, I mean, within about five seconds, I feel like Nirvana from a mm-hmm. from a from a fellow brother. Um, so I would say back rub as well. But um, but yeah, I think for me, addressing those younger parts has been a big part of my journey. Wow. Well, thank guys. Thank you guys. I, thanks, I, Rob. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, thanks, Rob. That was that was so good. That that round was so good. I don't know about you, but I'm up for another round. We got time. <laughs> do one more round. Let's round okay. two. Right. Round two. It, okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, shuffling <laughs> cards. It's Chris's turn. Chris's turn. Pick a card. Any card. That okay, one. Okay, you want that one? All right. Here we go. Um. <clears throat> all right. Here it is. <laughs> I pulled the card, didn't like it, stuck it back in the deck, and pulled it out again. Uh, well, I guess it's meant to be. We we got to go for it. Divine, divine intervention. Uh, I, I, and, uh, I'm almost ashamed of the fact that I didn't like it, but here it is. I didn't like it because I thought, anyway, forget it. The, the question simply is, who are you in Christ? Wow. All right. So I'm Nate. Hey, Nate. Hey, Nate. Um, you know, I know the theological answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that I, that he is Abba, Father, and that I am a son. I know that I am, you know, redeemed and adopted and, uh, and all of that. Uh, I am still in the process of internalizing that all the way to the, my emotional core. Yes. Yes. Um, and to me, uh, in fact, I am, you know, I've got a great 
counselor now back in therapy. I really do recommend periodic trips into therapy, mm-hmm. no matter how long you've been in recovery. And uh, and what, what we're working on right now is just getting past my intellectual barriers. The mm-hmm. fact that I have lived so long and so often from the neck up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I can give you all the right answers about who I am in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to wake up feeling it before I think it. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not there yet. Thanks. I'm Nate. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Yeah. Hey, can I jump in? I, I, this is Rob. I, um, I so relate to that. And at the beginning of this healing journey, I would keep reading books and, you know, listen to podcasts and, you know, and so on and so forth about my identity. I could not make that 18 inch journey from head to heart. Mm -hmm. Just, it felt like there was the world's largest roadblock. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, Samson, uh, healing groups, story work has all put me in experiential moments of my journey that have allowed that roadblock to slowly, slowly start to be removed. Um, one, one recent experience I had guys, I was in a story workshop with some folks out on the West coast and, and the, the, the workshop was different. You don't come with trauma and pain on this one. You come with your goodness and glory. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, that's a tough assignment. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it is. And as part of the homework, my two, my two uh, assignment partners in breakout rooms, they said, hey, Rob, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. They said, you want to practice your goodness and glory. Wow. And I said, OK, well, how do we do that? The assignment that we created together was that I would go out and ask 10 guys to record a voice memo to me describing the impact that I've had on their lives. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, and so I sent out 15, I got back about 12 and I'm telling you guys, it was so moving for me. It reminds me hearing voices, hearing affirmation, hearing those words of encouragement is now another milestone that I can go back to and say, this is who I am in Christ. And I need, I need that reminder. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And Rob. Mm. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Hey, guys. I'm Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Um, I would say on this question, definitely experiential answer. Uh, I can easily go to theological. I've shut that down a lot because I need, like you, like you, uh, Nate and Rob. I need, I need that connection with my heart. So I would say I'm a son, and I would say I'm a brother. Uh, in the sonship piece, um, my relationship with my own dad has been difficult, especially in the last 18 months, um, having doing some work around things in our life. And at this point, sad to say, we're not communicating and it's, it's sad, it's difficult, but I have the, the beauty of being fathered by many men. Mm-hmm. Um, there's many men in my life who have loved me as a father, who've come and touched me and blessed me as a father. And so um, I kind of, I use the, 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 if you've ever seen the movie Moneyball, uh, when they're trying to replace those star players, they can't figure out how to do that, but they say, we're going to replace them in the aggregate. So I have fathers in the aggregate <laughs> in the body of Christ. And so every time I meet with some guys and, and get uh, get that encouragement, get that affirmation, I really 
can feel myself becoming and being a son of God. And uh, what does that look like? And the, on the brother's side, it's definitely, uh, you know, my my kind of narrative in addiction was I'm alone. I'm a failure. I'm alone. I'm a failure. And having men to journey with and connecting with them repetitively throughout the week, whether it's in a phone call or a meeting or a Zoom call or going to coffee or going to lunch, is just having that opportunity to be with I so long to have that. And I think in the Great Commission, we forget the last part of the Great Commission, which is, and lo, I am with you always, even the end of the age. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if I don't have that witness, if I don't have that community, that connection with guys who I'm journeying with, it just the, the experience is so much, um, it, it, it's so much more challenging. Yeah. And so I, I really do enjoy the process of walking with men and having that identity of being a brother is, Hey, I'm going to pull you. You're going to pull me, but we're going to do this together. We're going to celebrate together. We're going to cry together. We're going to agonize together, but it's not never going to be me doing it alone. I have my own work to do that I'm responsible for, but I get to do it in the company. And I I love the line from band of brothers. You know, uh, I, I serve in a company of heroes. And so I'm grateful to feel that in the body of Christ. And thanks, I'm Chris. Thanks, hey, Chris. thanks, Chris. You know, um, recovering uh, from sexual brokenness, I can tell you, probably a dictionary full of what I'm not hmm. uh, mm-hmm. in Christ. Um, I have no problem wrapping that off um, like I'm Eminem, but uh, I can tell you the one thing that sticks out to me more and more as I've, I've done several intensives and we always do the trauma egg and look at all the quadrants and um, the family systems and how all that, the roles and all play into it all. Um, and what's really been revealed to me, and it's just a, a constant just reminder and repeating word is that I am enough in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I never thought I was. Um, yeah. And it was... It was very hard to really want to hear that, say that, and fully embrace that. Because I always thought there was something that I wasn't doing right or not doing enough of or not meeting the expectations, not being the perfect Justin. Mm -hmm. Um, And because, I mean, it all relates back to how we were raised and what, what, our mother and father, or father only, or mother only expected of us. Um, and there was always a catch. There was always something that I, I, I did not bring that was good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was probably the most freeing piece of that understanding. What I really was in Christ was I was enough. With him, nothing else matters. Mm-hmm. Because he fills that cup and he fills it all the way. Not kind of halfway, not quarter of the way, but all the way. Hmm. And it's and it's it's just goes back to it's a comforting piece to who he really is. That he is that perfect father, where I never thought was out there. I never thought that I would see the Brady Bunch person who God was. I thought that God was angry. I thought he was he was his expectations were just daunting in so many ways. But he just wants me to be me, the passionate Justin that loves others, mm. including him, 
And in that, that's enough. Hmm. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin. Thanks, Justin. Well, guys, thank you so much. Listeners, I, I trust that you enjoyed this time as much as I have. Stay with us. We got a very special guest coming up when we return on the Pirate Monk Podcast. Welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast, and what a privilege it is to have uh, with us today an old friend, Jason Gray. Uh, it's been a long time since we've seen each other's face, though. It has been. Maybe five years? Yeah. Well, I can't judge the passage of time yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah it's just Salem. Especially after COVID, like it's all just a soup of... Uh, <laughs> Days and months and years. Who who knows? Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, before you know it, kids grow up and graduate. Yeah. So that's right. They do. Just uh, attended uh, my youngest's graduation from high school last night, and it was uh, wonderful. And there were uh, there were six speeches. Oh, <laughs> and and well, actually, there there were twelve speeches because one of the speeches <laughs> brought up all the valedictorians uh, who uh, uh. who each uh, gave a little speech. Um, oh my! Representing uh, one of the. Uh, one of the ponies of of, 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 of of my little ponies. Oh, oh my God. So, really? So, which, <laughs> you know, which was like, oh my gosh, what are these people doing? But then afterwards I thought, it's perfect because they will never forget that, right? You know, Right, yeah, sure. So, sure. It was great. Um, and that's the that's the challenge for graduation speeches. I I've yeah. given I've given a few addresses, okay. been asked to speak yeah. at a few graduations, and I always have the sense doesn't matter how much work I put into that speech, nobody's going to remember what I said. Well, maybe I just should have tied it to My Little Ponies. That might have worked. Next time, that's what you get. <laughs> my Little Ponies. I'm. Sh- <laughs> I know they won't forget. I won't ever forget. So yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I should let your 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 listeners know that I, 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 I suffer from a speech handicap yeah. um, known as s- 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 stuttering. And um, I just didn't want them to think that you were making me nervous or anything like that. So Right, right, right. No, no. <laughs> well, those of us who know you and have followed you are well aware of uh, the handicap just in regular conversation, but it disappears when you sing. Uh, and man, can you sing and can you write? Uh, oh, that's kind of you to say. Yeah, you know, like like well, like early on when I realized that, I, I thought, well, you know, I could I could s- 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 sing everything, but I thought that would be even more awkward than the actual speech handicap. So I. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah. So, uh, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, have you have you had the handicap since you were a child, or did it show up later? Yeah, you know, um, it was. Uh, you know, it's it's usually triggered by by a, by a traumatic event, and, uh-huh. um, and mine uh, was 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 triggered by was triggered by my dad leaving when I was five. Oh my. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I've had it s- since then. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And uh, how would you say the handicap affected you uh, during adolescence, and while you're kind of uh, coming to understand yourself in the adult world and the world yeah. of boys and girls? It made me shy. You know, it mm-hmm. made me hesitant to to to, um, to speak up. It mm-hmm. does still, you know, at times, but, um, so like I, I was always afraid of being called on in class, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, it, I think it, it contributed to me being a bit of a, of an introvert mm-hmm. and a loner, you know, like, 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 mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I usually, I would usually opt to st- stay home and, and, and uh, listen to music, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Music became a very close companion to me when I was growing up, you know, like I, sure, just, sure. I listened to it all the time and stuff. And um, yeah. so, yeah, w- when I was a kid, you know, um, that was my experience of it. And then, uh, you know, and then as I got older and, 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 and I, I, I had a s- sense from an early age that I was, I was put on planet earth to do music, you know, but then, you know, I thought, well, how's this supposed to work? And I used to argue with God about it, you know, like mm-hmm. you can't make me your spokesperson and say, make it so I can speak. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience <laughs> or not, but when yeah. you tell God that he can't do something, it's like a dare that he can't resist, you know, and so, <laughs> hey, everybody, that's why I do what I do. Cause I lost a dare with the almighty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, I remember, I remember a key moment. Um, well, uh, okay. So as I began to be aware of God's c- 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 calling on my life, I used to, you know, um, used to argue with Him, and then I thought, oh, I can see how this is supposed to go. Right. Okay. So you're you're calling me to to speak and do music for you and i've got this speech handicap and so i see what i'm supposed to do i'm supposed to i'm supposed to trust you for healing and then healing will come and that'll be my my testimony of course right yeah yeah really (laughs) i'm on board you know and that that began a, a long journey of me trying to believe hard enough you know to be healed yeah. um and so i would continually put myself in places where where i'd have to step out in faith you know and and, and, and yeah yeah and hope for the best you know um and uh so over and over what would happen is 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 uh i'd have an opportunity to to share somewhere and i think okay mm-hmm. I'm gonna say yes to it, 
and I'm going to step out in faith. And then the Holy Spirit will, you know, touch me and, <laughs> and the speech will clear up. And I yeah. step out in faith and then stutter horribly. And then uh, I was so confused over all that, you know, and, and, and um, was that because, uh, you know, I wasn't believing hard enough or, or because I had this yeah. sin in my life or because mm -hmm. God didn't care, you know. And um, yeah. eventually, you know, I just began to be angry and resentful about that because, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm stepping out. I'm doing my part and you're not yeah. me. So what? What do you want, you know? But I couldn't stop doing what I was doing because this 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 sense of calling in me was like a, f a fire sh shut up in my bones, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember I was playing my local coffee shop, the Coffee Hag in downtown Mankato, Minnesota, one night. Mm. And um, once again, I stepped up to the mic trying to believe hard enough that it would clear up, you know, and the miracle would happen, the healing would happen. Um, and uh, stuttered horribly that whole night. And I got done. And I remember feeling very ashamed and I didn't want to talk to anybody, but there was no green room. There was just the stage and then the coffee shop. And so yeah, yeah. I get done and I step off the stage and I'm packing up my things and I don't want to talk to anybody and, and no one's going to want to talk to me anyway, like right. after that disaster, you know? Um, so I'm packing up my guitar and everything and I stand up and I turn around and there's a line of people who want to talk mm. with me. And I begin to talk with them. And I remember my face feeling hot and, and, and having a hard time looking them in the eye just cause I, I felt yeah. humiliated, you know? And then one by one, I heard variations of the same story. They were saying, um, thank you, Jason, for what you did this evening, because it reminds me that I'm not defined by my limitations either, you know? Yeah. And then, including the guy at the back of the line, d d Tennis, who spoke with me, he said, uh, you know, uh, I believe that that God has a calling on my life too. And I've been arguing with him about why I think I'm the wrong person for the job. And you're kind of a disaster. If you can do your thing, surely I can do my thing. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, I remember going home that night in my car and thinking, oh, maybe I had this all wrong. Maybe it's not that you um, intend to to you know to, to to heal me of my speech handicap maybe right 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 you would rather bring healing to others through it because that seems to be what happened this evening you know yeah yeah and yeah. it was around that time that I I discovered Henry Nowen's book The Wounded Healer oh yeah and that was yeah. a a paradigm shift for me and um, and that was when I I began to notice. Um, that my my speech handicap because it's it's this very obvious weakness it's it's a vulnerability and mm -hmm. um 
when I go on the stage and I have this very obvious weakness that goes before me, it's like it creates a safe place in the room um, yeah. for us yeah. all to be, to be human and to open up the conversation about our weaknesses, our things yeah. we struggle with. And it's interesting because it's not, it's, it's, it, it's a great way to open up the conversation because it's not, a scary weakness or, or, you know, like, like, like it's not, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like, like, it, like if I were to leave with porn addiction, uh-huh. half the room would, 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 would shut down. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or, or, or alcoholism or, or, you know, whatever. Um, but a speech handicap is, is it's just w- enough of a weakness that doesn't scare anybody. <laughs> that it, 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 it's like, you know, um, creates a beachhead yeah. that, that kind of opens up. And then we can go into those deeper things. But, but yeah, yeah, so it's been a real gift. Yeah, I do find, especially when I'm speaking to um, a, a mixed group of men and women. Yeah. And I, I talk about uh, porn addiction. Yeah. I can sense a tightening in the room. Right, exactly. Uh, now, yeah. usually... You know, That's as good. I go along, as I, as I go along, people relax yeah. a little bit. Uh, they have a hard time. But uh, that tightening, <laughs> mainly because everybody in the room, it's the thing we don't talk about. Yeah. And those in the room, even those in the room who are not personally afflicted by it, uh, have been affected by it in some way. Yes. Yeah. And now you're dragging this thing out into the open and that's scary as hell. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what you do is very winsome and wonderful. I'm yeah. wondering, um, did the did the did the handicap, um, speech handicap, affect your ability to form intimate relationships with other people? I'm not talking about sexual intimacy. Yeah. Intimate relationships with other people. You said you were you you were shy, uh, and that you did uh, isolate, especially uh, you know as a very young man. How did that play out as you grew older? I mean, do you, you eventually married, kids, uh, well, you I, know, circle of friends? My hunch. I was going to make a joke that that oh, oh well well yeah the 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 sexual intimate relationships g- g- girls adore the speech handicap thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was making a joke about that. Um, uh, uh, you know. Well, I was kind of hoping it was true because I would start faking it. Uh, I know, it no, no, exactly right. <laughs> um, I would say my my interpretation of my life is the opposite is true, and oh, this is my best guess. But you know, um, junior high is where we begin to learn how to to begin posturing, right? And, right, and, right, and to. And to hide our weaknesses and mm-hmm. put our best foot forward. Um, and the speech handicap, I was never really able to do that just because my weakness oh. was always Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Yeah, yeah, front um, and center. So I, th- I think it shaped me into a person who is typically pretty open, vulnerable, mm-hmm. who doesn't do a lot of posturing. It has so it, it has shaped me into an intimate person, a person of yeah. a, of 
of intimacy who who yeah yeah i i I don't have a lot of armor and i think yeah because i i never knew how to fashion it (laughs) right 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 yeah so it's obvious people trust you you can form uh uh um a rapport with an audience very quickly. It opens people up. It's really, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, gosh, I'm trying to think, you know, how long it's been since you and I, you know, met, start, and we've had a few conversations over the years. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if you can, uh, uh, meanwhile, one of the reasons I don't see you much is, good golly, you tour so much <laughs> yeah you spend a lot of time on the road don't you i do i do yeah uh about 140 dates a year yeah 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 that was a little bit more um yeah so and uh yeah uh, does that is that life-giving to you touring you know you know it is i'll i'll i'll, I'll uh I'll say something that I've never said in an interview before. Uh, and I think it's okay to talk about it now. Um, as you know, I'm divorced. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and that was a heartbreaking, yeah. catastrophic yeah. chapter in my life. Um, well, one of the cat, one of the catastrophes associated with that was um, it happened kind of, at the height of, of, of my career, you know, like um, mm-hmm. really t- taking off, which, which um, led to pretty high alimony payments at the time. Oh, I see. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, so, 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 so a lot of me being on the road all the time has been just because of these, yeah, these, these crippling alimony payments. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, that, so the, there were months that I would pay out more than I was making, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and my career isn't in that place where it was at that time, you know? Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, I can, I can talk about all that now because I, I just made my last alimony payment and uh, <laughs> I'm out from, I'm out from under that. And, and, uh, yeah. and curious to see what can life be now, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so but, um, <clears throat> but also, um, I, I love that moment on the stage communicating with people. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, I think that each of us has places in our lives uh, where, where uh, we lose track of time, you know, where where we, we enter a flow state, you know, maybe it's, it's gardening, maybe it's exercising, maybe it's tinkering on a car, maybe it's Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Right. Yeah. Um, And I think of those as, as holy places in the world, right? That you know the, the 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 space where we 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 lose track of time, and for a brief moment we aren't self conscious, you know. Yeah, yeah. We forget yeah, about yeah. ourselves for a moment, and, and we're just yeah. who we are. And um, ironically enough, uh, the stage happens to be that place for me. 
Um, yeah, yeah. Very often at meet and greets and Q and A's, people will ask, you know, like, how do you not have a big head being the center of attention all the time? You know. Yeah, um, yeah. Interestingly enough, I hate being the center of attention. I don't like mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. in that moment when I'm performing, singing songs and sharing s- stories on the stage, it's like uh, I f- I forget myself. Um, I'm very I'm very I'm very humbled. Uh, yeah, this track of time, I ebb and flow with with the spirit. You know, I'm yeah, very yeah sensitive to the leading of the spirit so like it's almost the opposite um yeah it's not uh it's not an ego boost thing it's almost like a i i become one with the spirit and reality and all those things you know so um i often think that when this part of my career is over that will be the greatest loss is that I will have lost that space where I have such tight, intimate communion with mm. the spirit for an hour and a half yeah. each night. I do yeah. Show, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, you are going to be doing an intimate show yeah. on Saturday night in early November at the national retreat for the Samson society. Uh, and that'll be recorded also for the virtual retreat, which will uh, broadcast a few weeks later. Yeah, I'm um, about that. You know, you're going to be, there's going to be a lot of guys in the room that night, Jason, who've been through their own catastrophic experience yeah. or, uh, and the life that they had that was all together or who looked, looked all together, at least from the outside came yeah. apart. There's this time of deconstruction <laughs> that goes deep. And, and then uh, I, I, you know, my experience is that when, things start to come back together. They come back together differently. We're changed yeah, by the experience. Um, I wonder if you would just, you know, we only have a few more minutes here, but I oh. wonder if you could kind of reflect on that, you know, that process of, of uh, you know, the painful process of deconstruction and then what comes out of the experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. How to do that in a few minutes? I thought we were. Speaking. Oh no! Take your time. Oh, take your time. We got. Pl- yeah. Oh, we got plenty of time. Okay. okay. Yeah. We got plenty of time. Let's keep um, going. I will say that it has removed a lot of the bullshit. You know. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 There's probably s- still more to be, you know, re- removed, but but uh, <laughs> have a good start. You know. Um, yeah. You know, I, there were so many things I learned going through all of that. Um, and uh, I was very blessed to have a mentor enter my life uh, right as my marriage was was coming apart. And he mm. walked with me through all of that. And wow. um, I remember... I remember early on, um, one time I, I, t- I, t- I t- told him, George, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to thank you for helping me heal. He said, "Oh, I can't help you heal. That's above my pay grade." He said, "But what I can do 
is I can help you heal your language. And if your language gets healed, then between you and the Holy wow. Spirit, you'll heal yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he would really get into my language and tinker with things. Um, an example is uh, he had me remove the word should from my mm. vocabulary. You know, that was one of the first things. Um, and that's an interesting thing. I, th- I, th- I think especially as Christians, uh, sh- uh, sh- sh- should is a problematic word, right? Because yeah. we know what we should think. We know what we should believe. We know what we should feel, what we should say. And we can get locked in that. And then when we do, we get divorced from what we actually feel and what we actually think. Yes! You know? And so uh, removing that word from my language um, immediately, you know, gave me a more authentic relationship with myself and with God, you know? Um, And and, uh, I know I should be grateful but damn it right now that's not what i feel yeah. you know, like 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 it, it yeah, yeah, yeah 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 you know what i'm saying um and uh and that was really really healthy you know um it was kind of like this it was like a <sighs> letting go yeah. of the shirt all yeah. of a sudden like was this yeah. breath where I, I i didn't have to hold it together and be and think and say and sh- you know all that i should yeah yeah. Um, yeah 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 he got into my language and 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 like Help me r- remove why questions from my conversation. So, like an example is uh, when my boys were beginning to be into this really aggressive rap music, and I was kind of alarmed, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted to be in the conversation with them about it, you know. He helped me to understand that, like, if I said, "So, why are you into that?" The, yeah. A why question immediately puts them back on their heels, and they have to defend themselves. Then they have to explain themselves, and right, 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 right. And and, and there's a there's an accusation and a judgment yes. in it, you know, right, right, right. And you have to justify yourself, right? Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, so he said, stop asking why questions. Instead, ask what is it that you like about this. And then all of a sudden that's a opening up into a conversation and then they could share, Oh, wow. What I love about it is this and this and this, you know, and then all of a sudden you're, you're having a dialogue about it. And, um, those little changes, right. From, from, from why to what are, are so transformational, you know? Um, so it did, really tune me into language in a way that that has made me healthier well and 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 the reason why having healed language is is so important is because who talks to us more than anybody else on any given day ourselves <laughs> right, right. yeah my language is toxic and full of judgment and manipulation and all these things. Right. I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to s- s- stay sick, you know, but yeah. But if it's, if it's healthy, then I begin to have healthy conversations with myself, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What else was I going to say about that? You know, 
what was interesting about that is, is, is it just began to really tune me into the power of language. And um, I know that you know that because you communicate yeah. with people, you write books. But um, <clears throat> I remember I was on the road with my friend Nathan Johnson, who plays guitar for me. And we were uh, we were in Columbia, Missouri, and we went to a coffee shop because that's what we do with each other whenever we're on the road, you know. And uh, and I I ordered my my uh, you know my uh, lavender honey rose petal <laughs> latte, this crushed peppercorn on top, you know, uh, oat milk, right. extra whip, yeah. please, you know, and creamy, delicious, sweet goodness, so good. And yeah. he orders a ristretto americano, which is like a black hole in a cup, you know. <laughs> and we're hanging out. And I'm like, man, I wish I liked your drink. That's like for 20 years I've been trying to con- condition myself uh-huh. to be a purist and to be able to enjoy that. But I just I just haven't got there. I just can't do it. He goes, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, I understand. He goes, I used to like the kind of drinks that you ordered. But then I started to feel like I was just drinking a lot of hot milk. And I'd had a sip of my drink before he said that, and I thought it was delicious. And then yeah. he said those words, just drinking a lot of hot milk. And, and I took the next drink, and all of a sudden I was like, he's right. This is disgusting. It's just I'm just <laughs> hot milk, you know? And, and in a moment, I was yeah. enjoying this drink, and all of a sudden I didn't like it anymore. And yeah. in a moment, this thing that I've been trying to – uh, make myself into for 20 years, a person who right. was more of a espresso forward coffee drinker in a moment it happened. And from yeah. there on, I started to order more espresso forward drinks. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I just, I marveled at that. Like what brought the change was I heard just a handful of words yeah. and that yeah. shifted yeah. everything in me. And that put me on the journey of, of, uh, of, of, of combing through my history and looking for moments when a few words changed everything. Yeah. And then that became the basis of a lot of the songs I write, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. My, 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 my last album was called, um, was called order disorder reorder. And mm-hmm. I have a song about that, which is about the process of transformation. Yeah order, disorder, reorder. That language was very helpful to me. It changed things in me. So I thought well, maybe this will help others too. Um, and, uh, and, and so the, uh, uh, my relationship with language has become very finely tuned, which I suppose is kind of, it's kind of interesting since I have a speech handicap, isn't it? Like I never thought about that before, but. But anyway, that would be, I would say that that's been a major part of the transformation is, is, is tuning into words, how they change me, how they yeah. change others, having healthy words. And all of that lines up so beautifully with scripture, right? That the world was spoken into being, right. Jesus is the word made flesh, you know? So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I and I love that uh, you were given that you know the you know there's the old saying in twelve step recovery stop shooting all over yourself yeah, um, yeah. right 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 
Yeah. Uh, and and more the language of presence and being an awareness, right, of yes. what is. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm glad that an old dog can still learn new tricks. I'm oh. back in therapy. And uh, a lot of the stuff that I have known at an intellectual level for a long yeah. time is with the help of a good mentor, a good therapist, a guy who's helping me, yes. is going deeper to heart level so that I'm beginning. He's helping me to <laughs> experience uh, on, a, on a physical basis, really, yeah. uh, more of those dangerous and unwanted and suppressed emotions that I, yeah. for all the best reasons, have done my best, uh, you know, not to feel. Yeah. Right. Maybe without even being aware of it. Do you think? Oh, completely without being aware. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the weird thing? Like I want to be open, vulnerable, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, I, 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 we need help, right? <laughs> because yeah. we don't even realize we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm being open and vulnerable. Yeah. And then, yeah. And when we need the perspective of other people, wounded healers, people who are not perfect themselves, but have a piece of wisdom that can help us. Yeah. And they're helped in the helping. I do know that. Yes. From Because I serve as a mentor to other people. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm screwed up too. Yeah. Uh, but I am helped in the helping. Yeah. And I also need to be willing enough to ask for help and to accept it. Uh well, I am. Uh, I'm so grateful for your uh, relational ability, and also just in awe of your artistic ability. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm. Uh, I'm so uh, anticipating the time that you're going to spend with us uh, in Eva, Tennessee, that first weekend in November. Me too. Very. I, I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm so grateful for your work. I, you know. I. I remember just being so um, inspired by your, 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 uh, your level of openness in your first book and, 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 and like, yeah, yeah, this is the way mm. forward. Mm. You know, this is what leadership looks like with being a wounded healer. You know, I remember, I think it's in the book, the, the wounded healer. Um, it talks about that, that, you know, uh, uh, a leader is the one who like goes into the dark first uh-huh uh-huh and then comes back and says okay i know the way through let's go you know yeah and, yeah uh, yeah yeah i think you've done that so beautifully and and I'm, when you asked me if i would be on here and be a part of your event i just f- feel thrilled to get to work with you so you're you're oh. uh, you loom large in my <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to have a good time and, uh, and many of the brothers and, uh, and the people to whom they're connected are going to benefit. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah. Uh, thanks for, thanks for getting up after that, you know, epic long uh, graduation extravaganza last night. I know uh, so much more about, about- my Little Ponies. Then I, then I, <laughs> I, I can't remember if we talked about it in this interview or be, or be, yeah, yeah, we did, yeah, we did, yeah, before it started, but but yeah, 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 the speeches were based 
on my little pony's lore. So <laughs> <laughs> unforgettable. It was great. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, listeners, there it is. Jason Gray, the man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll be back in just a moment on the Pirate Monk podcast. Well, welcome back to the Pirate Monk Podcast. And surprise, surprise, we're not saying goodbye to Jason Gray quite yet. Uh, you know, here on the podcast, we do our very best not to transcend any copyright rules by playing, uh, you know, a published song without the express written, or written consent of Major League Baseball, as they say. And that gets tricky uh, with signed artists like Jason. However, as I was talking this over, we were talking this over uh, offline. Uh, Jason has some songs that he hasn't, uh, that are still his. Yeah. And uh, Ben, <laughs> one of them he wrote with longer. a, yeah. <laughs> one of them he wrote with a good friend of ours, uh, Andy Gullihorn. Yeah. Uh, so take it away, Jason. I'll save that one for last, but uh, okay. just with, with uh, some of the things we talked about, I thought this might be an interesting one. Uh, haven't played it in a year, so <laughs> anybody's guess if it's, it's going to work out right now, but I'll, I'll play it for you. It's called, uh, I'll say, uh, I love to play this uh, in a church on a Sunday morning because of the opening line. So I'll just leave it at that and we'll, I'll play it. Here we go. It's hard to tell the truth when I'm in church <laughs> Sometimes it's just more trouble than it's worth So I'll keep my loaded questions closer to the vest Imagining their faces when I'm standing there undressed Cause it's hard to tell the truth when I'm in church And it's hard to tell the truth when I'm in pain Afraid you think I'm weak and run away We line up to kiss the winners While we send the losers home So I'll smile and say that I'm okay Before I risk being alone It's hard to tell the truth when I'm in pain Oh, oh, yes, it's hard, it's hard to tell the truth. And it's hard to tell the truth when I'm in love. Afraid of what you'll think of me if you knew what I'm thinking of. I don't want to seem too needy Hanging by a thread Maybe there's less weakness If a few things go unsaid It's hard to tell the truth When I'm in love And it's hard to tell the truth To myself When I'm the perfect demographic For the lies I want to sell 
In the mirror there's a devil and an angel I can see And they'll both lead me to ruin and the truth that sets me free But it's hard to tell the truth to myself Wow Wow, man, does that hit home. What a beautiful song. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, 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 I you know, I, um, and I, I may have to change the last verse to make it clear, but the, the, uh, the distinction to me that I, I want to make sure I, I communicate and I'm, I'm not sure it's happening yet is, you know, I say, um, it's hard to tell the truth to myself when I'm the perfect demographic for the lies I want to sell. In the mirror, there's there's a devil and an angel I can see, and they'll both lead me to ruin or the truth that sets me free. You know, and and uh, I'm trying to dig into the idea of the integration of the shadow. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm too much yeah. angel is a problem. Too much devil is a problem. You know, you have to. You know, they have to. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. What we say in Samson is too much pirate is trouble, too much monk yeah. is trouble. Exactly, pirate monk. exactly. That's it. It's the integrated life. Yeah. In the mirror, there's a pirate and a monk <laughs> that I can see. Maybe that's what I got to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, all right. Uh, the other song is uh, is based on one of my favorite quotes. I've been wanting to make a song out of this for years and of course andy was on board because he's he's brilliant as as you know um and it's that elizabeth kubler ross quote um who uh for those who may not know who she is she's the one who who developed the stages of grief you know and she wrote the most beautiful people we have known are those who've known defeat suffering struggle loss and have found their way out of the depths. These persons have an appreciation, a sensitivity, and an understanding of life that fills them with compassion, gentleness, and a deep loving concern. Beautiful people do not just happen. <laughs> that mm. a great line at the end, beautiful people wow. do not just happen. And um, my, my earliest mentor, he said to me, like, I was I was 20 years old at the time, uh, so I couldn't have understood it then, but thankfully I remembered it. He said, uh, I don't trust anybody who hasn't been broken. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for instance, I think about before I went through a divorce and I would talk with my friends who were going through that experience or their marriage was breaking down and I would, I would speak into their lives and I would share all kinds of advice and opinions about something I knew nothing about. And, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, and it made me feel good to, to be able to spout off my, what I thought was knowledge, but was ignorance, you know, and, and, and Looking back, I know that I made a hard season in their life harder, you know, because mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't be trusted 
with that. And, 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 and my, my divorce was, was, was awful. It was, uh, devastating, but at the very least now I know how to be there for somebody when they're walking through that hell. And that's no small thing, right. To be able to be useful. Um, right. When someone is, you know, so, and, and then also just, uh, my, um, you know, my relationship with my dad, I, 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 um, I had a lot of resentment towards him for many years and I judged him a lot, you know, but then Mm -hmm. having gone through my own divorce, uh, loss, failure, um, it converted all of that judgment into, into, into tenderness and uh, a compassionate recognition of him as a broken man doing his best in the world a lot like me, you know, so, so um, forgiveness eventually came, but not because I, I decided it would be good to forgive, but it was because I'd finally failed and lost enough to be able to forgive, you know? So, um, anyway, uh, this is a song about all those things. It's called winning streak. Here we go. The most beautiful people I know have suffered immeasurable loss and found their way out of the depths, richer for paying the cost of having a dream disappear, of watching, of having a hope paralyzed. Beautiful people don't happen overnight. I believe there is a place where we are fully who we were always meant to be. How it happens, all I know is no one gets there on a winning streak. Didn't know how to forgive the things I couldn't forget. I wasn't ready to change. I hadn't failed enough yet. Self-righteousness was a wall when it came falling apart. Freedom was found in the breaking of my heart. There's a place no I believe there It's a new song still, sorry I believe there Is a place where We are fully who we were always meant to be How it happens All I know is No one gets there on a winning streak So if it feels like you're losing again and again, not a moment is wasted of that pain. I believe there is a place where 
We are fully who we were always meant to be Kind and patient Forgiving and gracious A shelter for the broken and the weak mm. How it happens All I know is No one gets there on a winning streak No one gets there on a winning streak Well, Jason, thank you so much. Uh, I just want to sit here. I want to sit with those thoughts for a while. And I hope uh, the listeners do as well. And I'm so glad that you did those here on the podcast because podcasts can be listened to more than once. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it makes me wonder. Maybe I should replay that because there were a number of mistakes in it. So, but, but uh, no, no, no. This, That's what makes we'll it beautiful. It be what it is, right? Yeah. Makes it genuine. Yeah, right. Yeah, wonderful. Well, I guess that's about it for this episode of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, by the way, if you are interested in attending that fall retreat in Eva, Tennessee, that was mentioned several times, the one where Jason's going to be our artist and where Roan, Roe, and Eva Hunter will be uh, the primary speakers, uh, my advice is move quickly. <laughs> Registration is already more than 500% ahead of last year's, so it's going to fill up quickly. Uh, if you um, have trouble finding a link to the registration page, I just went to the site and I couldn't find it there anywhere. Uh, but obviously people are finding it because they're signing up like crazy. However, look, if you will send an email to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com, I'll make sure you get that link quickly. And do uh, write to us here with any feedback about today's episode, suggestions for the podcast in general, questions, feedback, pushback. Uh, this is a brotherhood and uh, we always love to hear from you. Well, I guess that's it for the whole gang. I'm Nate saying goodbye until next time on the Pirate Monk Podcast. The Pirate Monk Podcast is produced by members of the Samson Society. Send your feedback or questions to piratemonkpodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star review on iTunes and share the podcast with a friend. For more information, please visit samsonsociety.com. <laughs>